Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, today is a good day to plan your Mississippi getaway. So everything you need to know is over at visitmississippi.org. I was getting ahead of myself because I wanted to call out those of you who were around the Claiborne County area yesterday morning. You probably heard a loud boom and you thought, what is going on? Well, the word is out and apparently there was some kind of fireball or something like that so we've got dr bill cook with nasa's meteoroid and environments office today to tell us a little bit more about what happened so welcome dr cook hi good to be here i am so excited i'm a little bit of a space nerd but not enough of a junkie to really know what i'm talking about that's why i connect with the experts at nasa and send a space center on our mississippi gulf coast so what happened wednesday well, uh, Wednesday morning about 8.03 a.m. local time, a piece of an asteroid about a foot across and weighing about, oh, 90 pounds or so, entered Earth's atmosphere over southwest Mississippi. It was moving about 55,000 miles per hour, and it got down to an altitude of about 35 miles where it broke apart. And when it broke apart, it unleashed an energy equivalent to about three tons of dynamite. And that, I guess we could call it an explosion, produced shock waves that traveled to the ground, which all these people heard as booms, and it rattled some houses. So that, in a nutshell, is what happened over southwest Mississippi yesterday. The end point of the fireball was just across the river from Natchez, Mississippi, um, in some swamps north of a little town called, uh, in Louisiana, called Minorca. I think I'm pronouncing it right. All right, Dr. Cook, so I'm thinking asteroid, now I'm going to straight like Armageddon, all of the world-ending kind of movies, and then I'm trying to wrap my head around something that weighs 90 pounds, which is like the size of my dog, could make this kind of sound and impact. So help us break it down. Is this normal, or does it happen more often than we think, or is this just a complete you know, phenomenon that doesn't happen all the time? Yeah, so... Uh it all has to do with energy, to answer the first part of your question. It all has to do with the energy. Your dog may weigh 90 pounds, but he or she is not moving at 55,000 miles per hour. Right? Fair, fair. So if you move that fast, you have a lot of energy. And if you unleash that energy, it can generate, uh, you know, all sorts of effects. Um you know, in this case, it was relatively minor. You had a shock wave that, you know, created a noise, noises people heard, and also rattled some houses. As far as how often this occurs, things like this occur somewhere on the planet a few times per day. So on Earth, it's not that unusual. But for southwest Mississippi, you guys can go for decades without experiencing one of these events. So... In terms of southwest Mississippi, it's a pretty rare event. Well, it got us all excited, Dr. Cook. I mean, Facebook went nuts over it. I think there was calls to the Mississippi Emergency Management. So even though we haven't seen them in years, is there? it feels like there's more um, events, whether it's tornadoes, weather events, and now space events. Is this something that would be a string of them coming along, or is this just still kind of... It may be 10 years or more before Mississippi sees another one. It's, it's normal. Uh, what's happening is people notice these things more. 
and they're able to report them. I mean, 20 years ago, we didn't have smartphones that we could report these things with, right? So, you know, you might call the sheriff's department or somebody, but it was kind of lost. Nowadays, because we're better at, you know, we've got all this technology and communications, you hear about them more often. But if you look at the data, they're happening about at the same rate they happened 20 years ago. It's just people notice them and report them a lot more. Definitely so. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad to know that the Aerosmith song won't be playing and we won't have like the end of the world like you see in Armageddon, the movie. I think, you know, you know, we have Hollywood always takes our minds to the extreme in any kind of event. And when you see something like a fireball, you immediately go to worst case scenario. But every day, Dr. Cook, you work at the Meteoroid Environments Office there at the Marshall Space Flight Center. What kind of cool work do you get to do on the regular? Well, our primary job is to protect spacecraft and astronauts from meteoroids out in space. Like in the case of Southwest Mississippi, you guys had the Earth's atmosphere to break this thing up before it hit ground. Out in space, there is no atmosphere. So our job is to do things like come up with models that help designers place meteoroid shields over fuel tanks and other vulnerable things, generate meteor shower forecasts so we don't send the astronauts outside on EVA in the middle of a meteor shower. And we also keep an eye on objects that enter Earth's atmosphere because, you know, it's very, very rare, but houses have been hit. You know, car windshields have been penetrated in Georgia several years ago. A mailbox got taken out by a meteorite. So we kind of keep an eye on it. We can't give you much warning. From the time a meteor hits the top of the atmosphere until it falls to the ground is like a minute. So you're not going to have warning. Now, with the big rocks of doom, like the asteroids that can end civilization, you'll have years, if not decades, of warning. But for these little bitty things that are too small to see in telescopes, we only know about them when they hit the top of the atmosphere. So I know sometimes, Dr. Cook, people hear about meteor showers or were alerted to go out and watch one. How is that different or the same as what happened on Wednesday? Um, well, what hit us Wednesday was a sporadic meteor. It was part of the background. Uh, there are always meteoroids and meteors out in space. But every now and then, the Earth runs into a stream of debris produced by a comet or asteroid, and that produces meteor showers. And, you know, they're visually spectacular, but meteor shower meteors never usually make it to the ground. So... Um, it's the the background meteors from asteroids that, you know, can make it to the ground and produce meteorites. So the good news is you can go outside and look at the Ada Aquarid meteor shower, which peaks on the night of May 5th, or the Perseids, which peak in mid-August, and not worry about getting bonked on the head. Well, that is good to know, because I feel like there is that little bit of like, <gasps> You know, the chicken little, the sky is falling, and so many Mississippians really thought that, you know, Wednesday morning. And, of course, now with social media and everything catching viral, everyone's interest was really peaked. But I think it's cool. It just gets people talking, Dr. Cook, about space and all the neat stuff up there. I'm sure you have had inundated with calls you normally wouldn't um, have gotten. So is it exciting to see people interested in what you do every single day? Yeah, it, 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 it can get lively when we have a bright fireball over the U.S. The only thing about yesterday's is that I wish it didn't happen when I was eating breakfast, you know? <laughs> Did your phone blow up, Dr. Cook? Yes, it does. I can only imagine uh, what that feels like. And you're you're sitting there saying, stay calm. It's going to be okay. Everything is fine. 
And then we're crying over here that the sky is sort of falling. Well, Dr. Cook, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with us here on Good Things and share with us a little bit more about it. I will go home and look at my 90-pound dog differently today and just realize what she could do at the speed of, what, 55,000 miles per hour? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think your dog would like traveling that fast. No, I don't think at all. Andy and Jackson says it would leave a mark, though, if it hit you. Yeah, my dog would leave a mark on you if she was traveling uh, that fast. Although she feels like, Dr. Cook, she's running that fast after squirrels and other animals through the backyard. But she hadn't she hadn't topped that speed yet, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. But I also thank you for your time. I find it fascinating and always up to learning something new about what's going on in the sky. So thank you. You're more than welcome. Call us anytime. How neat is that? Something that could be 90 pounds moving at that kind of speed would create that big of a explosion, an event. Um, and that's one good thing I think about you know social media and smartphones is that you do get to capture these kind of things and then share them with everybody. And it starts a conversation. And for me, Rhino, it reminds me just how small and insignificant we are in the big grand scheme of things. And that something that could take out the world would be traveling at that speed but still take years or decades to actually get here. It's mind-boggling to me and super fascinating. Well, we've got more fascinating stuff for you coming up next here on Good Things. This is Allison Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. We offer fine merchandise at reasonable prices. We have what you need to make your outdoors beautiful and colorful. Callaway's has a large selection of trees and shrubs. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2022 collections arriving. We offer landscaping. Our designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape from a small job to a total transformation. Let Callaway's turn your backyard into a staycation destination. Give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Bring your truck or trailer. Callaway's offers bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Refilling your propane tanks is always the better option, and Callaway's is a propane refilling station. When you refill, you get more propane for less money. Callaway's in Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Everything for home and garden, that's what Callaway's is. Last month, we gave you some of our biggest and best deals ever, but in April, Ridgeland Mitsubishi is determined to give you even more. We're giving you more selection to choose from, more affordable payments, and more savings than ever before. Get here now to take advantage of these amazing offers. Pay only $249 per month on new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirages. Want more? The Mirage averages a whopping 40 miles per gallon. That's right, only $249 per month, and get huge savings on gas. Still want more? Then don't forget about Ridgeland Mitsubishi's new lifetime powertrain warranty. That's right, a lifetime powertrain warranty. Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi.com and we'll give you more for your old vehicle even if you don't buy a new one from us. So bring your trade in today and remember you are approved. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. With all of this, who could ask for more? RidgelandMitsubishi.com. This is the opportunity you've been waiting for. So get to Ridgeland Mitsubishi where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We'll approve credit deal for details. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Good Things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. TrustCare. Feel better, faster. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like western red cedar and cypress lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. 
This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. wants to remind you there are some great things to do in Mississippi, plenty of events to unique places to visit. So go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. And today, if you take your browser to supertalktv.com, you will find out more from Dr. Marshall about long or COVID long-term or long-term COVID, which however we can define the term. He's an allergy and immunologist, big word, and he's doing research at the University of Mississippi on the long-term effects of COVID. There's no other way to say it, is there, Dr. Marshall? Uh, that's pretty well summarizes it. Pretty yeah. well summarizes it. But this isn't, you know, and I know we were just talking about the COVID fatigue. Folks are so tired of hearing about it. So we're not talking about that part of it. But we hope to maybe shed some light on, you know, the signs, symptoms, and then the research you're doing for those who may be experiencing more long-term effects of of the COVID virus. So... Where do we begin? First, defining it. How do you define, Dr. Marshall, long-term COVID? So, you know, you, yeah, Rebecca, I think your comment about COVID fatigue is so relevant because so many people that I've talked to, patients and friends at church and other things, they hear the word COVID and you can just watch their minds go click. Yep. I don't want to hear about it anymore. And I get it. I really do. I feel that way as well. I live with it seven days a week, and I feel that way as well. I really understand the point. But let's put it in perspective. COVID it started out as we first, if we can vaguely remember back in the early 2020, and we heard about this group of people in China, and they kind of came up with this name, and nobody really thought about it that much. But it was a viral illness that was not unlike severe flu was 100 years ago. In the United States, right around the time of World War One, there was a world pandemic. And essentially the difference, what a pandemic means, is that you have symptoms that essentially go global all at one time. We are in that situation now because we live in a global society. It's not hard to get on an airplane right now and by this time tomorrow be standing halfway around the world. Thousands of people do that every day. So if this had been probably a 100 years ago and that outbreak in China started, it would have never even gotten to the capital of China, as crowded as that country is, let alone all the way around the world. Because we are, as human beings, had not seen that virus before, we didn't have any kind of natural immunity against it. So it just basically ran through the uh, population. And it took out people that were substantially ill. That was expected. Older individuals, people with uh, certain chronic diseases like diabetes and cancer and heart disease, people that had had organs transplants so their immune system were suppressed, those were people that were not unexpected to have severe disease with this. What was surprising was how many otherwise normal people, 30s, 40s, 50s, with no known underlying problem, got sick ended up having this horrible disease, and some of them died. But even with – that's what we heard on the news every night. The overwhelming majority of people that got COVID were people that got, you know, like a bad cold or like a case of the flu. And they got well, and they went about their lives. Mm -hmm. That usually happened in one to three weeks, like you would have if you had the flu. Most people of our listeners have had some version of the flu or a bad right. cold that lasted a week or so. And then your life you, got back to normal. Yeah, and you felt bad for a little while. But over the next few days to a week, you were back to normal. What we now know in COVID is that there is a portion of individuals that get acute COVID, not only from the sick ones that end up in the ICU on a ventilator and they're fortunate enough to survive and then they have to go through rehab and so on, but the ones I just described. I'm sick and I don't feel good. I expect I'll be better in a week or two, and they just never get better. They continue to have, if they got a bad cough, they continue to have the cough. If they get short of breath, they continue to be short of breath. And very concerning and happening very commonly in this group of individuals is that they get that kind of brain fog. Imagine, again, you're sick with the flu for a couple days, and you can't really think straight. You don't want to do anything deep. You want to be left alone because you feel so bad. 
They just never get over that. But does the fever sort of subside to sort of the major symptoms? Commonly, that's exactly and right. So it's just like a linger hangover. Right. It's like a it's like a COVID hangover. That's exactly <laughs> right. And they never quite get well. Well, they began to gather the information because we were seeing this in our clinics, the different kinds of, I see an awful lot of asthma in my clinic. So I was seeing asthma patients that before the pandemic were doing fine and all of a sudden they weren't doing fine anymore. My cardiology colleagues were seeing heart patients that way. My hepatology co- uh, colleagues were seeing liver and the nephrologists seeing kidney and so on and so forth. We were seeing all this stuff and it didn't quite make sense. And then as people around the country and around the world began to put their heads together, they realized that there was a component of individuals that were not just getting well. So they had a long version of COVID, which is where the term long COVID came from. And then we developed a fancy 25-cent word for it called PASC, P-A-S-C, which stands for post-acute sequelae of COVID. And uh, there were not people that were actively dying of that, but the, the, the morbidity, the illness that was created was substantial. The most conservative numbers you see now in the U.S. from that is 10 to 20 percent. The more uh, progressive numbers are as much as 50 percent, and this depends really probably on where you're talking about what part of the country. With the individuals, because I have a few friends who uh, suffered from COVID, they don't talk about the the breathing problems longer, but they still have not gotten back their smell right. or their taste completely. Right. And, you know, I mean, they've learned to do life without, you know, necessarily yep. without it, but they'll, it'll, they'll still bring it up in conversation. Is that part of it yes. as well? Yes. Even though it's not like keeping you from living a healthy and, you know, everyday life? Well, you know, there's a difference between your heart beating and your lungs working and a quality of life that you have. And just imagine, we we talk about all the different tastes we have realistically where there are only five tastes, but we have hundreds if not thousands of flavors, which is a combination of taste and smell put together, okay? And that's how we perceive it. Imagine that all you can taste is something that's sort of sweet, sort of sour, sort of bitter, sort of salty, or sort of savory and you have nothing else. You have five tastes. Your quality of life will go out the window really quick. Right. Just think of a bad cold. Right. You're, one of the reasons you're not hungry is the food doesn't taste good. good. Right. Exactly. Okay, so now I'm thinking I've got two people I know that are, that definitely would fall into this category. And like good researchers do, you guys try to figure it out. And so that's exactly what I guess some of you at, at UMMC are trying to do. How did you get into the study of long COVID? Well, uh, I I was, as an immunologist, when the, the I also function in our clinical research operation at, uh, at UMMC, and we had just opened in November before this all started. We had oh, just good. opened a brand new <laughs> clinical research center up on the top floor of the main hospital, and we're looking for projects. And oh my lord, we had no idea what we were getting into, but this got dropped in our laps, and we were able to start up clinical trials. We started up the first ones in Mississippi back in April of 2020, and from that, people, because of our population and the diversity of our population, rural versus urban, minority versus white, uh, uh, well-to-do versus not-so-well-to-do, and all those different combinations, uh, Mississippi is a very coveted place to understand the role of these various components in diversity and clinical illness. We have things like the Jackson Heart Study that studies that cardiovascular disease. So they came to us and wanted to know what's going on where COVID is concerned. The NIH was involved in this as well, the National Institutes of Health, and when the emergence of long COVID became apparent, and we were one of the groups through our affiliation uh, with the NIH, we were one of the groups that were asked to participate, and we of course jumped at the opportunity to do so for the benefit ultimately of our citizens and then by extension the citizens in other parts of the country. So how do you even begin researching it? Because still, I mean, we're it's 2022, so we're still two years out. When you say long COVID, I mean, it's still only a baby illness that we've known right. about, I mean, in, in relative terms. But when you think of someone getting well in one to two weeks, and then you look at now it's going two years. I mean, that's definitely right. a long-term linger. That's a long hangover. <laughs> right. A real long hangover. That's a real, that's exactly really right. long hangover. That's exactly right. So how do you even start to study that? Well, uh, the interesting thing is you have to start with the definition. How do you, what do you do for PASC or, or long COVID? And like most things in medicine, uh, uh, the things that go on are really a continuous variable. It's a spectrum. It goes from A to Z. And what we have to do sometimes artificially is make a cut point. So in the initial 
definition of PASC, long COVID, we decided people that had symptoms associated with their uh, acute illness that lasted for longer than 30 days. Because in the majority of the individuals, it had resolved by the end of three weeks. So they added another week to it. In Europe, they're even more uh, liberal in that they make them continue for 120 days. And I will just say parenthetically, that whole concept is being actively discussed and debated among uh, investigators around the country. This is a national group that we're recruiting 19,000 patients for in 60-some-odd centers around the country. Uh, our group, we're, we're trying to recruit 100 just here in the local area. So you see that there's a lot of them glued together. So. But with that definition, now you can say, okay, uh, so you had PASC. It caused you to lose your smell and your taste. We're going to pause there, Dr. Marshall. We're keeping you. We're going to dive more into long COVID coming up next. Okay. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 82. Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 56. Your finally Friday brings in mostly sunny conditions, high near 86. Friday evening, mostly clear, low around 62. And for your Saturday, a 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 88. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871. Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor is now offering easy-go units with maintenance-free elite lithium batteries and an unprecedented eight-year warranty with unbeatable energy efficiency. Only at Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor. Exit 114 in Gleickstead or online at bennelson.com. At Gateway Rescue Mission, we feed hungry people. We offer shelter to people seeking life change. And we serve as sort of a beacon of hope that says, hey, God cares for you. I'm Rex Baker. Rescue mission work is not glamorous, but we do see lives changed. Check us out at gatewaymission.org. Find out how you can get involved and join God at work here in Jackson and at Gateway Rescue Mission. This is Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We are proud to offer the most up-to-date technology to ensure you are receiving the best possible dental care. Book your appointment online today at CapitalDentalInc.com. That's CapitalDentalInc.com. Les England for Clark's Construction. The kind of work that Jerry's done for me includes you know, minor repairs like rotting wood, remodeling uh, the master bath, uh, putting new French doors on the back of the house. He understands what he's doing, and he usually points out you know, why I've had problems and not only how to fix it, but how to fix it so the problem doesn't recur. I think Jerry's trustworthiness is beyond reproach. Call 601-214-9463. Clark's Construction, a company you can trust. Have you heard? Trust Care Kids is transforming children's health care. From newborn care and routine appointments to urgent care available seven days a week, we provide the best care and the best experience for you and your child. Like our jungle-themed rooms, filled with interactive screens and games. Your child will be comfortable and you'll be confident in the care. Schedule your appointment at TrustCareKids.com. Trust Care Kids. Hi, this is Mark Shapley of M.M. Shapley Steakhouse. This past year, we were fortunate to see many new faces and reacquaint with old friends, and I believe I know why. Being from the Mississippi Delta, we learned how to entertain while creating a comfortable home environment, and that's M.M. Shapley's specialty. M.M. Shapley's is your place for award-winning steaks and homemade tamales. M.M. Shapley's, real, authentic, welcoming, fine dining. For reservations, visit mmshapleys.com or call 601-957-8000. It's Liz Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Today is the final day that legislation from the 2022 session can be signed by Governor Tate Reeves. But instead of signing, Reeves decided to veto numerous bills that would have provided millions in funding to areas in Mississippi. Some of the vetoed funding included $13.25 million for a golf course at LaFleur's Bluff and $2 million for the Jackson Planetarium. 
Reeves listed off several other funds that he decided to veto. A $1 million expenditure to the Scenic River Development for their golf course. $250,000 to Briarwood Pool. $500,000 to the City of Greenville for green space next to the federal courthouse. $1 million to the City of Pascagoula to assist with renovations of city offices. $1 million to build a parking lot at the Jackson Convention Center. $50,000 to Arise and Shine Inc. in Capaya County. And $200,000 to Summit Community Development Foundation. Catfish farming has always been a passion for me. I was raised up on a catfish farm. I was born into it. But the only thing I love more than catfish farming is my children and my family. I'm Will Noble from Moorhead, Mississippi, and I'm proud to be the 2020 Mississippi Catfish Farmer of the Year. People all across America love to eat U.S. farm-raised catfish, and I'm proud to be able to produce it right here in the Mississippi Delta. Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't miss the college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers every day at 5. Speaking of Ford, it's Ford Truck Month. Now is the time to get a great deal on the only trucks built Ford Tough. Work or play, get after it in a new Ford F-150 or Super Duty truck. Get behind the wheel in a new Ford Maverick pickup and get after any adventure with deals on Ford Ranger. Take advantage of our best offers on the full Ford lineup of Ford trucks. These deals won't last long. Get to Ford Truck Month at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi, where the news comes first. With live updates from Super Talk Mississippi News and Fox News every hour. Available on the Super Talk app and at supertalk.fm. You believe this guy? Who is this guy? It's Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays, 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. I like this guy. Also on the Super Talk app and at supertalk.fm. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. a lot of good things to do in Mississippi, so go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. We're finding out more about long COVID today with Dr. Marshall. He's with the University of Mississippi Medical Center, or UMMC, and they have been charged to help with the research to find out why some people develop long COVID, why some don't, and all the ins and outs of that. So don't turn off your dial just because we're saying COVID. We're not talking about any of this, but you may actually fit this bill, and they're needing people for their research, and you want answers if you have some of these long-term symptoms from it or as we were talking dr marshall you may not even realize that you're suffering from long covid because there's many of us who went through the pandemic and you know we had we just didn't get tested or didn't feel like we needed to or whatever it may be so we don't know if we ever had it but as you're describing some of these symptoms we're like man that's been plaguing me for a while and you could still fit the bill so my question to that is if you aren't sure that you ever had COVID or not COVID, and I come to you and say, I feel like I've had this sort of brain fog, shortness of breath, or no taste or smell, which you should have went to the doctor if you couldn't taste or smell, but that's neither here nor there. Can you tell if someone had it and then just was never diagnosed with it? We can get a pretty good idea of that. There are blood tests that we do, in the, and, and indeed, uh, one of the things in our study is we're looking for negative people that have never had COVID to control against, because the question we're asking is that, in the, or at least the first question we're asking is that, what was it that made you, there are three people just like you, you got, all three got COVID, you didn't get uh, any symptoms after a month, they were gone. Uh, the person next to you got symptoms and they lasted for about four months and then finally went away. And the person on the other side got symptoms and two years later they're still there. Why? What's the end? Yet you're all in the same age category, the same gender, you're the same race, you live in the same uh, type of environment. What's different? And so if we can't come up with some social differences, which we're quite interested in, then we go to the next level. Well, what about clinical differences? 
do you do, do you not have any other illnesses and one person had diabetes and another person had asthma uh, maybe that's not the case maybe your diet is different than their diet was you eat a more pro-inflammatory diet and somebody else doesn't uh, maybe you take certain kinds of medicines and somebody else doesn't um, or maybe the interesting thing is that you just sort of say, well, I'm not – I don't need to go to the doctor. We don't like to go to doctors, and I get that. I mean, I am a doctor, and I don't like to go to the doctors. So – and you just sort of – you get used to it. You know, when things happen chronically in small increments, yeah. our brain will just dismiss it and move on. And so we see Ill, people with really significant illnesses, not even necessarily related to COVID, and you ask them, how are you doing today? Well, oh, I'm okay, because they're asking themselves how they're doing today compared yeah, to yesterday. yesterday. That's even in heart, um, hypertension Absolutely. and diabetes. Absolutely. It's in all chronic diseases, and that's the point. So the disease can get much, 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 much worse over a period of time. We're seeing the same thing in these long COVID patients. And so what's happening is that unless you ask them the question, are you having any trouble you know, just thinking? Thinking. Well, no, of course I don't have any trouble thinking. Well, let me ask you a question. What about fatigue? Well, I'm tired all the time. I'm getting older, uh, this and that and the other. But you say, you know, compared to a year ago, can you sit and watch a TV show that's not particularly interesting or will you fall asleep? If you sit still in a, in a quiet room, will you fall asleep? Um, do you have trouble smelling good stuff when you walk in for dinner? Can you tell if something really smells good or, or smells bad, or do you just kind of sit down and shovel it in because that's what you do? Right. You begin to ask those questions, and I, it's, I'm amazed the number of people in that, both patients and research uh, participants, it's like a light turns on their eyes. They say, well, you know, you're right. So one of the things, if somebody wonders about this, if they were to, say, enroll in our study, and there are other options, of course, but if they enroll in our study, and we might determine they could enroll as a negative control. I've never, to the best of my knowledge, ever have COVID, and I'm fine. And we might find, and we're finding somewhere as much as 10 to 12 percent of the people enrolling they didn't know they had COVID, but they did. And there, and then when you query them, maybe they don't have any more symptoms. So they had it acute and they got over it, and that's fine. We're still interested in those individuals because what helped them get over it that somebody else couldn't. So you ask both ways, what's wrong with the individual? And I put that word wrong in quotes. But right. what's going on with the individual who has it? And what about the person who doesn't have it? What kept them from getting sick in the first place? What kept them from getting long sick if they got sick in the first place? So we're interested in all spectrum of individuals, and there are candidly very few people that we would turn down if they had an interest in the study because of our desire to understand the differences between people that either stayed well, got well, versus those that didn't. What are the requirements? Obviously, you've mentioned the requirements, Dr. Marshall, to get into the study, but what are the requirements of the study if you're interested? So the only real big thing is they need to be 18 years of old or older because this is an adult cohort. There is There are pediatric cohorts around the country, but we're not one of those sites. The individual essentially is seen and evaluated. We do a bunch of uh, physical exams, and they answer a, gr a variety of questions and questionnaires. And then they uh, come back at intervals depending on what's been asked of them. Some of them will ask more of, some will ask less of. They come back at three months, then they come back at six months. So they come back several times over a year. Then they come back annually for three more years. So they're actually in the study for four years. Now, it's like any other study. The pe a person has the right to stop whenever they want to stop. They could say, I don't want to participate anymore, and that could be done. It can be explained to them, and they can say, you know, really, I don't want to get involved in this. I, I don't have the time now. I'm not interested, and so on. We try very hard to get people in as quickly as we can, again, as diverse as we can. But I work with a really talented group of nurse coordinators, and there is zero pressure put on the individual that has an interest. Somebody can call and say, well, let me tell you about it, and the nurse gives the 10-minute spiel. And then they say, nah, I have to think about it. Well, you're, you're not going to – this is not like a, you know – uh, the, the, the robocalls that you get. You're not going to get six calls in the next six days saying, have you decided? Have you decided? It's We want volunteers because there's an investment of time and effort. There is compensation. There's financial compensation for being involved in this study that, that goes along and that can be explained to them at the time that they get more information. That It's not enough to pay for their time. That's not what research, human research 
is for, but it does compensate and acknowledge the fact it takes time and effort and and there's expenses associated with it and there's enough to cover that for the individual. And too, just the fact that you can be a part, especially if you if you have the long term symptoms, even though, you know, you may not get the relief that you want now, you will be part of the studies that could help provide better therapeutic um, options for for the next wave or the next wave. And this is this is how we squash it so life gets to you know sort of go on is is you you better understand the invader that was covid mike from ridgeland said i'm 63 dr marshall and i've never had covid he's been tested as well would he i mean is that i feel like he's one that you would love we, we absolutely would love to have mike to be involved in the study and the reason for that again is that he's not old uh, i'm 71 he's not old but he's not young yeah. either and we need that spectrum of individuals who to be able to compare to is there something about mike that kept him from getting covid is it something that somebody else is different that made them more likely to get covid it's hard to do that without a comparison i compare that to the idea of people saying i want to paint my wall white don't go to the box store and try to get white. You'll get 37 different varieties of white, each of which has a name. So we have to have that negative standard to be able to look at. So folks like Mike would be very welcome. Carl says, I is in, is insomnia part of long COVID. I've never had insomnia until after I had COVID. Well, by definition, by definition, it's uh, it would fit the criteria that we're talking about for long COVID. A new symptom, that, and was it coincidence or is it cause and effect? That's part of the research question. We don't know. But to, to, be, to allow uh, someone like him to enroll in the study would be very important because here's a new symptom that came up in association with his acute illness, and I'm assuming from what you're telling me is persistent. That would make him a candidate as a long COVID uh, individual. What if someone like Mike from Ridgeland, who has never had COVID, starts the study, Dr. Marshall, and it's a three-year commitment, obviously not all those three years, it's incremental, but at some point he develops it. I mean, you know, COVID's not going away. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're getting way better at it. Life's back going. Right. I mean, it's just going to fall into the flow of things. Um, hopefully we don't, you know, get crazy about it every other time. But you know, he could or another person could end up with it before the three years is over. Sure. Is that taken into account? Yes, it is. And and there the the statisticians help us with that in the control and the analysis itself. And the question would be uh, and, and to use your example, so we would go to Mike and say, okay, what changed? Did somebody in your home get sick and they brought it home? Had you had some new illness that changed your underlying immune system? Was there some reason uh, not? Or he just says, nope, I'm just going about my life, and a year and a half into the study, I turned up with COVID. Uh, as you point out, COVID is going to become like the flu. There will be a and, – and is whether that's in 2022, most people think it's going to be more like in 2023 where there will be a COVID season just like there's a flu season and they'll probably overlap. So the idea that COVID is going to go away in these people enrolled in this study is, is as you're pointing out, not correct. And we, we're already accounting for that. We'll control for that. But the big question that will be asked, okay, we had the advantage of studying Mike for two years. He got it at the end of two years. Did it go away in two weeks or did, did it persist? Well, we're going to persist with Dr. Marshall for a little bit longer coming up next here on Good Things. Does your driveway need a little spring because your tired vehicle has sprained its sprung? Well, then you need to bring your brung to Pinnacle Motors. Steve Owen and the friendly staff at Pinnacle Motors can up your game and get your ride back to where it should be. If they don't have it, they'll work for you in finding the best pre-owned car, truck, and SUV that's been inspected and has a warranty. They're also still buying, consigning, and trading quality pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs at the corner of Highway 471 and Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Quality vehicles, affordable prices. Pinnacle Motors. 
Come out to Mississippi Makers Fest on May 7th from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the two Mississippi museums in downtown Jackson. Enjoy live music from the North Mississippi All-Stars and a huge lineup of bands, plus art and food from over 50 makers. The World of Marty Stewart exhibit will also open at the museums the same day featuring artifacts from Johnny Cash, Dolly Parton, Marty Stewart himself, and more. Mississippi Makers Fest is sponsored by Southern Beverage Company, and the World of Marty Stewart is sponsored by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. For more info, visit mdah.ms.gov. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. This is the closing agri-market report. At the close in your cotton exchange, July cotton was up 700 to 147.68. October cotton was up 252 to 137.5. At the close of the Chicago Board of Trade, July soybeans were down 8 cents to 1684 and 3 quarters per bushel. August soybeans were down 6 and 3 quarters to 1633 and a quarter per bushel. July corn was up one and a quarter to eight thirteen and a half per bushel. September corn was up three cents to seven sixty nine and three quarters per bushel. At the mercantile, June live cattle was down one twelve to one thirty three ninety. August live cattle was down sixty seven to one thirty six thirty five. August feeders up one forty five to one seventy forty. September feeders up ninety two to one seventy three forty. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is up seven hundred nineteen points, thirty four thousand twenty one. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network. Why is agriculture so important to the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation? Well, one out of every four jobs in our state depends on agriculture, and it's a $7.35 billion industry for our state. That's a billion with a B. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. The will of a farmer is like no other, forged by the strength of generations past, propelled by the hope of what lies ahead. Unpredictability cannot shake its resolve. It wears a coat of courage and commitment, boots made of love for the land. At BASF, we support you with tools for tomorrow, new chemistries, seed traits, and technologies, because we know the world's future will be fed by the will of a farmer. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. Where Mississippi comes to talk. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays here on Super Talk Mississippi. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. and planning your Mississippi getaway. Everything you need to know is over at visitmississippi.org. We're wrapping things up with Dr. Marshall today on his research at UMMC on long COVID. Many of you have started texting in to the C Spire text line, which I think is good because these are the questions you should be asking and these are the questions that they would be asking you if you chose to be part of this. I think it's really important too, Dr. Marshall, we don't overlook the fact they came to Mississippi for this research to be um, housed and done. I know it's in conjunction with other sites across the United States, but they put Mississippi on the list for for a reason, and we should step up and do our part to be a part of it. I mean, it's history making, right? I mean, oh, I believe so. It's very innovative, and it's not only going to apply for the current pandemic, but for the future ones that are coming down the line, so that we can hopefully minimize the loss of life compared to what happened this time around and be better prepared. Absolutely. And so, if we want to be part of it, uh, how do we how do we do that, Doctor? So, if you're interested in just finding out about it, and and please, if you 
you are interested, have a low threshold. Call us, and we can tell you, no, I'm sorry, you wouldn't qualify. The basic thing is you have to be 18 or older. Uh, it, it gets pretty soft after that in terms of <laughs> other requirements. But our number is uh, 601-815-3464, 815-3464. If the person that's there, they're there during the day, obviously, but they leave, you can leave a voicemail, and they'll call you back the next morning to set up a schedule to give you the information you want. And if you're interested, then we'll make an appointment. You'll come up to UMC. There, We have parking vouchers for you, and it's uh, up on the top floor of the main hospital. They'll, they'll give you all the directions. Uh, you'll be appropriately screened, and if you fit and you're interested and want to volunteer, you sign an informed consent document. We'll enroll you in the study and get you started. And there's nothing, a male, female, um, uh, I don't care about your race, I don't care about your gender, I don't care about your age as long as it's over, over 18. 18. Uh, and whatever other illness you have, and if you say, I wonder if I have it or not, if I find out that you don't, it doesn't mean that we don't enroll you. We want to get people that don't have it as controls. If you say, I wonder if I might have had it because in April of 2020, I really felt bad, I got sick and so on. By the time they tested me, I was negative. Did I have it or not? There are ways for us to find out if you did, and we can put you in the appropriate category. Someone said, I haven't heard the whole show, but that's okay. We forgive you. And it sounds like there's several symptoms that fit uh, for my wife. She's 70 in pretty good health, but falls asleep watching TV trouble sleeping, has not had COVID that we know of. I had it in January, um, but she had no symptoms. And and he goes on to sort of say, and so it feels like, you know, there. Could, and I think that's what I want to get across is this could be you, and it could be your loved one, and there's not necessarily a magic cure for it, but you could be part of at least figuring it out. And sometimes just being validated that you're not crazy and the is negative, what you need. <laughs> yeah, in the negative categories so far, and people were enrolling, it looks like between 10 and 15 percent of the individuals have evidence that they had COVID and never knew it. Uh, and it might have been a false negative in a test or that they were never tested. So if someone's like that and they're interested, again, we're we're more than happy to screen them and try to enroll them so we could find out. Maybe they're a negative control that have trouble sleeping now for a different reason. Or maybe it's related to COVID. That's part of the questions we're asking. Say that for number one more time because yes. he stopped to, to take notes. It's 815-601-815. 815-3464. Once again, 815-3464. And I'll keep that number, too, if folks want Thank to you. contact and I can text it out. Because Great. I think, you know, Mississippi, again, I think we should show up, just be a part of it, help science out in this way. We don't want this to ever happen again. Right. And who knows? You may figure out your symptoms and get some get some relief. I think there's if you fit this bill, you felt crazy for the last year or year and a half. And here's some validation that it's not everybody. Right. And it's not going to be everybody, but if you do fit this small subset of individual, then here's some hope to sort of figure things out, or at least start the process. Well, not only start the process, we, we the the NIH will come out with uh, uh, opportunities for new treatment trials later on this year, I believe, certainly later on this year, and people that are already characterized that will be categorized to be put into these different trials, being involved with studies like this will make them one step ahead, if you will, because now there's already a level of characterization, and so they'll be able to say, well, for your trial, you're looking for people that have trouble sleeping or that have trouble thinking straight or that have breathing difficulties and they had COVID. Well, they've already been characterized. They've already been enrolled in the uh, the uh, what we call the uh, phenotyping study to understand them better. So that information is already there. And when they can say that for the therapeutic trials, I know as a clin clinical uh, scientist, that type of person would be of more interest to me because they already know they're going to fit into the trial and trying to figure out whether they're going to. So that's a little bit of a plug for our study, but it is an added benefit that could be there for someone. Many of these people are just desperate, and they are very, even though they are dealing with it every day, they do anything to try to help get better. And that's ultimately where we're trying to go with this. The more we can understand, the quicker we can help them get and better. And that is a good thing, and we will be following this study here because I'm very interested in the outcomes. But you got more coming up next with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will be back tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.
Mississippi Media Production.